0: been a cook for like or in a kitchen since i was 16 dang and so that's like 19 years damn <laughs> so
1: did you start just like washing shit like
0: i started actually on my birthday whoa like they were like it was funny and it's just like i didn't know what i was getting myself into you know i just went there on my birthday i didn't know like you know, getting hired on the spot was a thing, and you know, it's, if it's my first job, it's like oh, I don't yeah. want to like turn it right down.
2: Yeah, we are. Like that. We are like yeah. Right now. yeah, I'm glad that you uh, interrupted this
3: yeah. great. Yes, yeah, right. This <laughs> is
1: a golden moment. <laughs> <laughs> you just <laughs> walked in. <laughs> just,
3: you, <laughs> you walked in on your it. birthday. <laughs> I'm just so and we're like, "Can story. I have a
0: job?" And they're like, "Here is a." Yeah, rag. I think I'm, I'm probably going to lead off with that story, honestly, because that's pretty fun. funny. I mean, funny. let's get into it then. Welcome to Shifties podcast about
3: food my name's cold cut i'm Randers. sorry i'm wallace
2: <laughs> i'm joey i'm eric so eric is the head chef of my restaurant my fine dining restaurant as we refer to it on this podcast mm-hmm. and uh has extensive kitchen experience and uh we're going to talk to him about the nuances of someone uh so esteemed so the first question i have for you is well, I want to hear the
3: end of the st- I want to hear the end of this oh, I'm birthday sorry, story. Yes, so <laughs>
0: first question I have for you is, please, please continue that nice story. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, so just to recap, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was turning sixteen, and, you know, I was, I, just, I really wanted to get a job in a kitchen. You know, I, I love cooking, and I mean that was, you know, at, at a couple critical stages. Like, as every young man or woman is growing up, like, they have, like, a serious conversation with their parents about, like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what interests you? And I've always had, like, this um, passion for being in the kitchen and, uh, you know, cooking um, really good meals that my grandmother from Germany would make or my mom. Hmm. Um, So, I grew up in a very, like, European, like, household. And so... It's kind of what, like, just really inspired me to start cooking. So, I, I just, like, so when I was 16, I was just like, I got to get a restaurant job. So, I go to the restaurant, and apparently, like, some of their dishwashers quit. And it's like, you know, I'm really want, I really want this job. And it's just like, all right, where should I start? And so then I, I started uh, my first day at washing dishes at a hometown or a country buffet. And let me tell like you, the old country I buffet? I yeah, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, it's been oh my like God. my secret
0: desire to have someone who's worked
3: at an old country buffet on here. So this oh, is so man. wonderful. Um, yeah.
0: it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a bunch of like just drugged up idiots that are just literally serving dehydrated slop on a, on a, in, in, in calling it a buffet food and yikes but you know <clears throat> i went into it you know not not in a judgmental but as like a stepping stone and i was and i and i knew that i was always going to take some bit of knowledge you know out of every job and 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 that has progressed me in my career to this day so there's really no you know, fuck, that sucked, you know, but, what, I'm what sorry, would I don't you know say... if we can cuss on here, but, what knowledge did you get from that buffet, you think? Um, so, one was, um, always, always sharpen your knives, because I was, uh, I was set up on the, on the meat carving station, and, um, and, and not to use, and, like, when you're cooking, you develop all these, like, subtle little tricks, so, like, um, for instance, like, I don't, when I, I never use, like, a honing steel. Like, a honing steel is something that just gives you, like, a little bit of, like, hones up the, like, st- on a microscopic scale, like, the blade is shifted one way or the other way, um, and it's like, if you just curve your hand in, like, a, the shape of a J, you'll know what I'm talking about, but... <clears throat> uh, so it has all these curvatures so honing steel will just kind of s- bend and straighten the blade back up but like um you know my knives are crazy expensive you know like one, one knife is $400 and Whoa. and you just like when you're in a hurry and you just go with that thing and 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 um uh just crash it against that the honing steel it, it per it, Put, puts like micro deviations and, and it actually dulls it faster, I find. Hmm. So I basically sharpen my knives, um, like razor sharp once every two weeks, and that's and they're they're great. I mean, like right, you can you can split a hair in half with those things, hmm. you know. Um, so is that like a whetstone, or what do you use? Like? <laughs> I use a diamond a diamond dust stone um i've tried wet stones and i've tried oil stones um they make like a fine grit a medium grit and a a hard grit Mm -hmm. diamond dust stone and the thing what's nice about the diamond dust is when you're dealing with high carbon steels which a lot of chefs deal with and those are like the blue number two the white number one all of them have like different hardness and they call it a rockwell hardness scale and, um, anywhere like, you know, it's been a long time since I've looked at the scale, so I don't want to throw out some numbers that I'm not sure about, but I'm, I think it's in like the, the 65 to 75 range as for a hardness, like VG 10 is a type of steel. It's an, it's a stainless steel, it's fairly hard. And then there's hard, high carbon, but when you get into those hard metals, they become, become brittle. And if you drop them they will break mm-hmm. so you know it's not for and you know the one that I have it's it's a mass on masunu and it was about uh, five hundred dollars a little over five hundred dollars wow. wow. but I had a apron print that was like at three bucks <laughs> and, and, well anyway I'm sorry I totally lost I'm, I I'm like very I can start talking can start talking about something and then shift it into but to answer your question about why I prefer diamond, diamond uh diamond dust stones is because those high carbon steels like on a, on a on a normal just sharpener or on a whetstone like you'd be there for an hour because mm. it's like i mean my god you know it, it's just so hard that it like it doesn't but like on a, one of those diamond dust stones you can really like it it hones it up super fast so <laughs> uh, and it so keeps its edge for a while
2: why does that happen?
0: Well, oh, why does well,
2: why like what, like what does diamond dust have that sharpens it super fast?
0: Well, diamonds can cut through anything. Man. It's like so the it's hardest a, metal. Is it
2: like a bunch of super teeny tiny diamonds? Yeah, I mean so it's just it's, it they're just crushed up, up and and put into the the stone. So all those yeah. little collective dust. You know concrete saws is that yeah. how it works? Yeah. Okay. So, you That'd know, concrete
0: saws, that's diamond dust. Glass saws have Glass saws have it. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, like a very thin, it's like, it has no blade. It just saws right through concrete. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so And cool, you can man. put your hand on it and it won't cut you, but like, if it's spinning, it probably would, I would assume. Interesting.
1: This knife talk makes me realize why so many chefs have knife tattoos now kind Of makes sense because it's, it's oh so much god. of your life. Like, what do
0: I feel about knife tattoos? I'm like, why do you want to take your work home with you? <laughs> That's a good and question. Oh my god, you know, a, a chemist was uh, so I actually, <laughs> I actually have a food science and a chemistry degree. Wow, um, and like, you know, like a lot of chefs are actually pretty smart people but um well, i'm sorry to repeat the question a little
1: oh no i was just commenting on like it makes sense why because like so much work and preparation <laughs> and money goes into these knives i can see why There's so many tattoos. chefs have like I've, I've so many so many chefs i know have knife tattoos
0: yeah and I mean i just oh well anyway a chemist um he was saying like the you know what the difference between a uh, a chef and a chemist is and it's like well a chef has more tattoos <laughs> 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 because because it's what it's kind of what you're doing in the um, and, and, the kitchen is, is basically playing with chemicals. So, yeah. Just tasty ones. Yeah.
2: So as the resident chemist of our fine dining restaurant, <laughs> what are the pressures that come with that position and how do you maintain like, oh shit famous person x just watching in the <laughs> restaurant like chef or you knew beforehand and you're prepping something special how do you handle shit and also how do you just generally run a well machine that needs to perform at a place like this
0: man that is uh that's a very good question and there's so many factors um that go into that and i mean like I have the confidence in my staff that I could seriously, like, write some specials and, and, and go away for a month and, and everything would be fine. Um, number one is you have to have confidence in your sous-chef, and they need to be on board with everything you're doing. Everything. Um, a good relationship with your sous-chef is everything, because if they're willing, if you're willing to bust your tail for them, and then they bust their tail for you... And uh, a good sous chef will know how to organize people and will know how to um, teach people as well. And, and I, I, I actually learned this from my last chef, uh, it's called the global awareness of everything uh, going on. One of the things that I do is I've get, earned the trust of my staff. <clears throat> And, um, that's huge because if your staff has no respect for you, then their lack of care, um, goes down and it just turns into like bitter resentment almost, you know, it's just, and, you know, um, I've actually, you know, I didn't start, I didn't start out a well-boiled machine. I mean, there was a, like a lot of staff that was just bitter and they just weren't doing what I want, and so I found out that when I hired people, I would tell them the expectation of the job, so then when, before they signed any papers, they were well aware that this is what the job was, and so there would be no, um, no if, buts, or bans. like, case in point, I, I had a grill guy, and he was this, like, he looked like Humpty Dumpty, like, and he was this (laughs) fat, short, Um, fat, short, little, like, troll of a fucking piece of shit. (laughs) And, uh, anyway, um, yeah, anyway, so, that fucking guy, he would bitch and complain, uh, about stocking up his grill station, and, I mean, like, that is, that's everything. I mean, like, uh... If you don't have your mise on en- like i don't care how you set up your station make it functional. communicate to me what you're going on so if i have to jump over there and bail your ass out i know where shit is you know what i mean um and he just wasn't wasn't uh like on cue with that you know what i mean and so um and he will he just would not set up his station and he would just leave it a mess and it's just, it was, it's just really frustrating for a chef when you're trying to get everybody on your side and then your nighttime grill guy walks into a, a shit show, you know what I mean? Because that tells the rest of the staff, like, this guy isn't happy, and that tells the rest of your staff that, you know what, this guy doesn't really have my back and he's not really supporting like me, and it's just like, fucking, it's obvious, man. It's like, I leave the station great for you and you just fuck me at the end of the night? You know what I mean? Or at the beginning of the night, like, I, and I'm already racing around having a prep stuff and find out what's missing. And it's just not a good way of organizing yourself because you need to know what's in your walk-in. You need to know what's on your, you need to know what's on your, um, in your line and your low boys because like food control is everything. Like I hardly throw away anything. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're just throwing away like a lot of food, like that's another huge factor. Like, and then you have the owners coming down on you, mm-hmm. but, um, so, yeah. So,
2: suddenly, Spider-Man walks into the restaurant. They're like, oh, shit, Spider-Man, what's up? He's, he's, like, homies with the owners and stuff. He walks in. What do you have to do for Spider-Man?
0: Oh, uh, God. So, I mean, like, some, like for like um, so Spider Man, right? Or so Russell he, Wilson. Maybe so that's where applicable. It's really <laughs> annoying because like the owners like have um, like an expectation. So I have to come up with food like in two seconds. Mm. And it has to be good. You know what I mean? Like I and so Spider Man might um, Spider Man might want some like spider covered freaking... Uh, twinkies or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Or like some spider in his in his uh in his food, you know, on his ceviche or something. So I have to like I have to create, you know, just stuff on the fly like that, you know. But um no, we we get a lot of um we've we've cooked for a lot of famous people, um, you know, a, a few few presidents I'm not gonna mention which ones but uh, um, in my career and then uh, you know um, some famous DJs and actors and and uh, celebrities of all all types Did you get to cook for cascade I did I actually cool. did cook for cascade that was really cool but awesome. and uh, say so basically when we're cooking something, we, uh, for a VIP is what we call them, we, the sh- the chef puts an eye on that table. So, it's just like, okay, I, I, I have that table stored in my brain. Um, I want food going out hot. You know, just like very simple details that can be like, so if you had like, you know, um, this you know, you ordered a steak and a salad, and your salad didn't come out with any dressing, or or the dressing was too salty, or something like that. Like, you know that that's not good. You know, what I mean, and you wouldn't want to do that to any guest. So, we do pay um, extra attention. However, um, we we treat it like every other guest. Like, there's a reason why people like our food. There are a reason. There are people. There's a reason why these people are here, is because they like our food. Because they are people at the end of the day. So honestly, like, we just, you know, pay extra attention, and you know, and, um, and on plating too. And plating is very important. Uh, but we t- pay extra attention to details of all the sides and and accompaniments, uh, and then the plating is is probably the first important. Because the first taste is with your eyes. Mm. Yeah.
3: The first taste is with your eyes. Yes. That's
1: really good, actually. I like that. That kind of leads us into, in a way, into the next question that we had for you, which um, it sounds like in these situations where it's a a VIP or the owner is like, I want you to make me some macaroons or whatever. You have... um, (coughs) You have to do stuff on the fly. You have to create things like in the moment. Does that help with kind of the uh, eventual boredom that comes to all of us that we get in the restaurants of doing the same thing every day? Same <coughs> food, same yeah, drinks. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I've tried other jobs. I've tried desk jobs and I just I feel so bad at it. Mm. Uh, that's the that's the passion of, of cooking right there is being able to like, boom, come up with something like just super fast mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like that's kind of like almost like a, a little bit of a pride thing and like a lot of like a lot of chefs can use that as their ego but you know i'm i'm i learned from everybody like uh i i i never will shut myself off by someone's skill you know what i mean because maybe their mom whose mom taught them how to knead the dough or, or this way or or Add um, water and, in, and, in, and, in, um, something like that. So, yeah, hmm. but, uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? I just, um, well, it generally,
1: off. it generally came out of <clears throat> a sense that you said you've been doing this for 19 years. Yeah. So I assume that at a certain point, maybe not at this current job, but at some job you said, fuck, I'm over this. Like I'm done with this style of cooking. I need to move on to something different. Like you feel I'm tired of making uh, the same right. hamburger
0: every day. Yeah, and, and honestly, no. Um, but yeah, that's where you get your sense of uh, that your passion. That's how it builds on your passion. Hmm. But um, yeah, I never. Um, I, I I always found myself trying to to go to other jobs, but it just uh, it just never worked out like that. I just okay. always found, and I even went to a. Uh, you know, I, I, I got a food science degree and a chemistry degrees because, you know, I was just like, you know, there's going to become a time where I'm going to get burned out of the restaurant industry. And, Mm. and I, uh, always find my, find my way back, you know? So, um, that's awesome. I
1: mean, I think there are a lot of people that do burn out for sure. Um, absolutely don't have the passion or just take it too hard and too fast
0: (laughs) yeah um and then you know drugs and alcohol is a big one of course um you know uh those are those are pretty big ones and then um exhaustion i guess from just working um the hours that they demand you know uh can be really physically damaging on the body and uh, you know your health and your attitude plays a plays a big part in it yeah definitely so you have
2: conveyed to me once upon a time perhaps twice upon a time if not thrice upon a time <laughs> your desire to start an upscale Mexican food restaurant yeah you have a true passion for Mexican cuisine so, two questions for you. I want you to answer the silly one first and then the serious one second. Silly one first. You have to cut out one of these two cuisines for the rest of your
0: life. Mexican food? Japanese food. Sushi. Oh. No if, buts, or ands about it. Goodbye, sushi. No okay. way. Well, for one, that. I'm I'm gluten intolerant. I'm allergic to shellfish. Mm. That's and... Easy. And... <laughs> Yeah, and allergic to nuts. So, and, like, that wasn't until recently. So, like, I'm a chef that actually has quite a few food intolerances, but I've had so much skill cooking with these things that I know I can still cook fine dining even though I can't really taste them, you know? So taking those skills and
2: putting them out into your own spot, tell me about Eric's Fine Dining Mexican
0: Restaurant. So... Um, it's, since since it's like going to be my first restaurant, I'm going to start out small. I'm going to start out, you know, 30 to 50 people. Um, it's going to be a really intimate atmosphere. Um, but you know, with like a semi-loud bar area, you know, it's going to be pretty, I want it popping, you know what I mean? Like I want, I want energy there. You know, I don't want it to be some stuffy place, you know what I mean, like, I want people to talk, I want people to laugh, and, and that kind of thing, um, so I don't want it to be too intimate, um, but, uh, you know, I want amazing artwork, um, I want, like, beautiful, like, stucco, I don't, there's, like, a, this restaurant in Las Vegas called Javier's, and it's just absolutely beautiful, they have, like, these stucco walls with, like, wood, and, but it's like a little bit darker than I'd want. I would want like a little bit more lighter, um, ambience, ambience, but not too, over- not too bright, you know, like right in the middle. Um, the food, like you know, everything made from scratch. Like all the tortillas made from scratch. Um, you know, like I I've already started designing some of the menu. I'm gonna put like a tuna ceviche on there with uh, lime avocado and. Some some cilantro and then uh, I want to eat that. <laughs> yeah, and then um I want to do like uh some enchiladas, lo- lobster and crab enchiladas, and um with like a chocolate mole sauce and. Uh, you Bumming me out, uh, man. <laughs> I'm gonna do. Um, I'm bummed that this restaurant's not a place uh, I can
3: go right now. I'm,
0: I'm doing um, lobster enchiladas, are you kidding And then, gonna, <laughs> and then I want to do. Uh, I want to and like really good vegan food hmm. because you can make actually a lot of things Mexican related with vegan. So like I could do like a cactus paddle salsa verde with like like uh, cactus and and and. Uh, you know, pep, grilled peppers and uh, wrapped around like a really crunchy fried um, corn tortilla, and mm. you know, and just but beautifully presented. You know, maybe stuff couple zucchini blossoms in there or something mm. like that. I'm so hungry now. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I thought we did, like. And see, like I can, I am just coming up with, I'm and I'm just coming up with stuff like that, you know, and I'm 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 gonna try to make it. I'm going to try to make it as gluten free as possible. Um, but you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay to use wheat. You know I mean? People, people eat it, but if you actually look in Mexican culture, like true Mexican culture, they don't eat wheat. They don't eat a lot of wheat. They eat corn. It's a more mainly, mainly corn diet. And, um, you know, it, you know the burrito is Tex-Mex, and and uh, and flour tortillas are more of a, a, of a, you know, southern southern thing, southern American thing. So, also better than corn tortillas. No, yes. they are not yeah.
1: contextually. Because like, I don't think you can eat a corn tortilla burrito and be happy with your experience. Right. But that's also <laughs> but not Mexican food.
0: Burritos aren't Mexican food. exactly. Yeah. Sure. And don't get me but wrong, I are. love chipotle so, <laughs> so <laughs> i just had cool. some chipotle for lunch today so um no i um I, I definitely am am going to try to stick to uh what pretty pretty good at mexican flavors, uh, definitely with the modern twist because you have to you can't um trying to describe this in words I, I have a really funny story about it but uh you can't uh um put something that doesn't belong too much you know what i mean because mexico seattle is not mexico you know and and uh, mexico is not seattle so you have to understand kind of your your culture and your, and your and your you're gonna get some people moving in from um probably northern california or california parts of california i should say uh, all People from all over, you know, so you need to really hone in on your clientele, you know. Um, for instance, like, uh, Europeans are somewhat sensitive to spice. You wouldn't really put, like, a Cajun restaurant there, you know what I mean? Um, Walmart did this really funny uh, thing, and this is what got me, prompted my thinking on it, was they... In a, they open up a, a, a Walmart in Japanese in Japan, right? Or somewhere in Japan, or, or in Hong Kong, or something in that area, and they put a Western store in there. So they would sell like the cowboy boots and the the Western shirts and the belts, and like it wasn't selling. And it's just like, are you guys kidding me? And I mean, like, look at look at your clientele. You know what I mean? So. Like you'd be putting, you know, uh, culturally relatable items, and I think that applies a lot to food. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like location is everything on a on a restaurant. You can't you can't put it, um, you know, you can't put it. I can't put it in Chinatown. You know what I mean? But people go to Chinatown to expect good Chinese food. You know. Um, You wouldn't put a, um, you know. uh, uh, You wouldn't put a snowman. Yeah. In a furnace. No, exactly. Um, So, that's going to go into my, uh, that kind of thought is going to go into my restaurant. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm putting together a business proposal, and in this business proposal, it's, it's complicated man you need to you need to put your futures down how much you're gonna pay your employees how much all your all your um, your appliances what kind of appliances do you need um, you know architects like how much is an architect gonna cost you know because mm-hmm. um, you need to and then um, the most of, most expensive part of a restaurant is the hood system and the makeup air uh, like you get into some huge dollars there because like everything has to be up to code and if your building's old and you run into a lot of problems like that so we're going to take i have to take in consideration of that and i mean there's just so much i mean it's like a skilled someone skilled can do it in like eight or nine months you know and even if you own a own a restaurant you always need to do a business plan because then you can look back at your business plan and see if you're successful or not. But if you keep on dumping money into it, they just become money pit and you'll go under
3: hmm. One last question on Mexican restaurant. Yeah. What's it going to be called?
0: I have no idea. Ah! Oh. But, I know, and I'm sorry about that, um, but... Casa de Eric. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but, <laughs> I, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. Right? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, no, I, uh, um, I, I I want to um, do. I want I want to get a name um, that has something to do with Spanish folklore. Ooh. So it's something like relatable. Um, I want I want it to be something like you know Catcher in the Rye the the um, the Cat and a Wolf which is actually a very famous restaurant in. A, uh, in Florence, Italy, uh, called El Gato El Volope. And uh, I want something kind of like that, you know, Catcher in the Rye, Gatto El El uh, mm. um, Cat and a Mouse, you know, that kind of catchy folklore name. Interesting.
1: You should check um, this book, 100 Years of Solitude. It's oh. like the most famous Spanish book of all time, and I'm sure you could probably dig something out of that. Like lore and like history wise.
0: I'll have to write that down. Yeah,
1: 100 years of solitude. Huh. Potentially. It's like uh, basically the Bible rewritten, but by the Spanish author in like the 1800s. It's oh, wow. Interesting, interesting read.
3: Yeah, that's cool. Well, let's jump on into the word of the week, which is all day. And I think we have the perfect guest to explain what all day means oh in a restaurant God. sense, obviously. All day means all day, but.
1: 24 hours, yeah, baby. 24 hours. <laughs> so you
0: heard right. it here. All so day, 24 hours. No. In kitchen lingo, all day refers to essentially like a count. Um, but, you know, as far, I guess as far as the or, origins, like, I'm not too. I'm not too sure, but I think it. What does it practically mean, though? But practically, it means it's like uh, if we have five stakes left, that we have five all day. You know, and it's like that means once once we're once uh, the the five the count is reached, then we're 86ed it. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's basically just like a, a, a count. Can't it
3: also mean? If you're looking at all the tickets and there's oh yeah three
0: stakes on there oh yeah 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 so um we have so when i'm when i'm uh so i, I give <laughs> yes so when i have uh like a, a rail full of tickets and they're like do you want here all day then i'm like yeah we have like seven stakes four four medium rare you know three medium rare yeah exactly
3: so, it's like if you printed out a super ticket with everything on it, tell everybody, <laughs> that's your all day. It's everything you have left to make. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> you got
1: seven steaks all day, all day.
0: Exactly. Um, no, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, so, we have, we have uh, you know, maybe like 20 tickets, right? Yeah. And so, like, uh, I'll be like, okay, your all day is two fettuccines um, one, um, burger, uh, three, uh, you know, three pizzas or something like that. And then I have to tell them any, any modifications and like, there's just crazy modifications nowadays. Like people are and a modification is just like, Oh, I would like, you know, peppers instead of onions or something like that. It's all like, I feel like food. that's an
3: Italian food thing, because yeah. where I work, we get so many modifications. So many. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It is it is the library,
3: Whilst well, does the library get many? We don't do many. We don't do much of that shit. Yeah. We're,
1: we're set up to be pretty vegan and, like, gluten-friendly if you need it. Mm-hmm. Like, we get a lot of options for that, and that's the main mods that people do. And the rest of it's just Creole Southern influence. Like, you can't modify and grits too that's much. That's
3: true. We just get people who come in so often and eventually somebody lets them make a modification. And then for the rest of all time, every question asked, is, oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, They let us do this before. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Are they here right
0: now? (laughs) Like, yeah, man. That's the, one of the annoying things is like, when when I'm working in the kitchen and some of the owner's friends like are, or, uh, you know, very demanding, and so, you have to be, like, you know, really on the spot, can't, can't do it, because, like, you know, like, if you have, if you have a really good relationship with your owners, then they get your back, you know, and, like, the owners are very hands-on at my restaurant, and so, you know, sometimes, like, the, the, the employee, like, an employee will go to them and complain or something like that, and, you know, a good owner will be like, "Nope." You know what? Did, what, did, what did the chef say? And, mm. and they have your back, so that's huge.
2: Well, other things that are huge are the potential impact of Yelp reviews on a restaurant. Oh my and god! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's know, you know. a fucking critic, they are, you know? man. So Everybody's a fucking critic. We've pre-selected a couple of Yelp reviews. I just want some quick comments on them, okay? Uh, These are Yelp reviews of our fine dining restaurant. So, this table basically complained that uh, food was great, but no check-in until the check. It's a Bad service, but not really to you. Also, the service seems selective based on what a table ordered because certain tables slash individuals received chefs' complimentary items while others didn't. See, and that's something I've seen a lot too, but that's kind of par for the course for especially fine dining places like, oh, it's VIP. We do them favors, but what do you think of that practice? And does this person have a point?
0: I think it's horrible, honestly. Like, but I mean, like that's sometimes what the the owners want. I mean, they want their you know, if you own some, if you own a place, like you want your friends to be taken care of. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think that we need we need to come up with a system. And I've mentioned this to the owners before, but it's kind of tough to explain, but to them. But we need to come up with a system that we can kind of think we we can kind of say VIP without saying VIP. So you know, you mm-hmm. could you could be like, oh, I got some, you know, uh, some some pheasants or some quail or something like that, or you know what I mean? <laughs> a little uh, code word. Yeah, you just come up with a, a code word and. and <laughs> And then, uh, uh, then your guests aren't kind of aware of it. You know, they think that they might have ordered something like that. You know,
3: I'm surprised those guests figured out other people were getting free shit. Yeah. Probably just brought it out like, this is from the
1: chef. It's like a whole song, <laughs> yeah. like, dance I actually, number. Yeah. You're a VIP. Yeah, like sparklers, like,
0: shh. I had a mariachi band following in. <laughs> it was firework.
1: Star Spangled Banner played.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. We do have sparklers, and they're pretty sick. Oh, really? That's such a good way to win a table back, man, if you piss mm-hmm. them off. You know what time it is? spark attack yeah, so <laughs> on, like, a, on a bottle of wine and yeah. have to, like someone bring it over exactly that's awesome alright you'll number two the server hit me in the fucking head with one of those two foot plates those plates are way too big to fit on any table in the <laughs> are restaurant are serious why are why? You why? Are you serious? why god so would you have I these two plates no shit. I wrote that one um. what, what? <laughs> Man, I don't understand. Like, is it really necessary <laughs> to have a two-foot-long plate? That, you like, wrote on that hand? one. <laughs> on his own restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, really is too big to fit on a lot of tables in the restaurant. And it, is it just necessary? Like, so there many people. It
3: so is not
0: necessary. But why? Why did <laughs> they do they do it? plate,
3: like,
2: you fish fillet along it, and you can string carpaccios along it and stuff. But it's just whack, man. Like it's two feet long and like six inches wide. It's, and it's if just like a, everybody like orders the, one. If like if how are you gonna put that? It's next an to Imperial it. Star Destroyer. That's effectively what this place looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it just wrecks
0: it, tables. It's it is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's almost like a, a plate bat, you know, it's like <laughs> Um. No, I I, I, I kind of agree. I think it's a little ridiculous. Um, I think, I mean, you know, from my guess, from a kitchen standpoint, like we don't care, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, fuck you guys. It's like fuck, fuck the front of the house. They gotta they gotta figure it out. But I mean, um, um, very fair. <laughs> very fair. <laughs> I mean, like, you know um but the, the, for, i guess from their point of view yeah it's there it's pretty shitty cuz you have to you know get really creative where you put shit and like i don't mind the the big plates is kind of like a sharing kind of thing you know like for that but yeah. for like the appetizers so you can put it in i the i think you can put that in the center it's more of like a sharing plate style but for like we have i think two dishes that Someone could eat off of them, like, two main entrees, and I, yeah, I can get a little bit gnarly. Right. And that's the point.
2: Only two entrees. Like, really, man? You can't just... (sighs) Anyway, moving on. We gotta do the next thing. Uh, Just a tip! wants to ask you a question for just a tip.
3: I do. All right. My question is... What's your best hit? Uh, I'm. I'm. Let's well, flashback. Flashback to 16 year old you oh, walking into that restaurant on your birthday. Saying, "Please, can I have a job?" <laughs> what advice? What's the best piece of advice you would have given yourself? Don't do it.
0: You'll <laughs> <laughs> be an engineer. <laughs> uh, fuck.
1: If you fuck. you pull up in the De-
0: like the DeLorean and be like, no. <laughs> no! <laughs> Run, you dumb motherfucker! <laughs> Run. Is that me from the future? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look like a an haggard piece of shit. a <laughs> uh, better listen. To me. Um, oof. But in more serious than us, um, ah, man, um, timing. I mean, like, just really focus on on timing when when everything uh, when you when when you. St- when you start in, in working in more professional uh, um, kitchens, just focus on timing. Because that's that's everything, you know. Just, like, literally sit there and count out the minutes until a, a steak is done. And really just mm-hmm. get that ingrained in your head. Because, you know, that would have taken, you know, a lot of... And, you know, like because when you're in a leader, when you're in my position, like, I have everything timed, you know, and like, in my head, like, I know exactly how long the steak medium rare is going, so I can look over and see the timer on the oven and then fire my other elements, and so then every thing comes up all at once and stays hot, that's, like, one of the main that's a big stress factor for a chef is having things not flow, it's like a dance, it's like a water dance, it's like Things come up here and then meet in the middle. Things come up here, and meet in the middle. Mm. You know,
3: it's good advice. Like even for a server, it's important to know. Absolutely, It's easy to it's... just not pay attention. Yeah, and then forget your tables. Have and... no clue what's going on. Exactly. But like if you know how long the food takes. You know when you bring <coughs> your second course in. You know, et cetera, et cetera. How to respond to guests. That, do, you, do you just die a little inside when people order a well-done steak, though? Um, I mean,
0: I just think that they're not the most, I guess not the most educated people is a little harsh, but not the most culinarily educated, culinarily educated people should be killed on site, (laughs) right, basically should just be boiled in molten acid. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's about basically how I feel like, nah, I'm sorry, I can can (laughs) bring (laughs) you the steak, but I will have to take you to the acid bath. <laughs> it's gonna be your last meal. Yeah. Let me help you uh, dissolve some of that nasty steak you just consumed. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I've, we. Uh, I used to work at this uh, fine dining Italian restaurant in Fort Collins, Colorado. And there's a woman would want her filet mignon. Her eight ounce oh. filet mignon which starts out about the size of a hockey puck but when you like leave it in the oven for 30 minutes and it shrinks to about the size of a goddamn golf ball oh my god and then you you serve it to her and she says the best steak that she's ever had and it's just like black and and then I'm like
3: uh, all just, right man that killed me a little bit inside. All right. so
0: sorry to rant
1: no no you <laughs> said Oh, we all know. We all know. He said alright man about that lady. Alright lady would be a better
0: But yeah. she was a su- right. super sweet lady, but <laughs> Oh man. That just that that just crawled under my skin. Like and whole- like she literally like if just there's one bite in, it. any yeah. juice left in that thing, she would send it back. Ugh. That's like that's like
1: rude to the cow. The cow is like yeah, I'm going to be good food. And then, nope. Sorry, dude. I'm going
0: to become a charcoal fucking bouquet. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot to
3: cows. Hopefully hopefully one of those other pieces of meat was cooked deliciously. That's true. Got a couple of New Yorks. that are just super delicious and juicy. Mm. Yeah, the flaming yawn was bad, but... Yeah. All right. Shall we move off the
2: menu? It's time to go there. I think this is cold cuts.
3: The mate what's the best marvel movie oh man i mean i know the answer obviously but i'll <laughs> let you i'll let you uh, weigh
0: in <laughs> dude that is oh man there's so many good um <laughs> salute uh-huh. i guess let me yeah, let me let me, let me can i talk this out a little bit yeah why don't we, can, we talk like, it out I, and this might spark some like crazy debate okay so oh, I yeah think, that's what we're hoping for i think <laughs> um, because wallace and i vehemently disagree about i think the second but iron man sucked i thought the first one was the best one yeah and okay. like the the third one was it, it, mm, i wasn't Terrible. i wasn't like fucking jizzing in my pants over it or anything like that mm. they do kidnap the president of the united states yeah. and no
3: one knows no one cares no, no one even shows up it's yeah, a pretty yeah. shitty trope at this point <laughs> by the way like, <laughs> anyway um the president's not I, even in any of the movies. I, They're just like, oh yeah, I guess uh, what happens next? The, the president hell, uh, gets kidnapped, and then uh, <laughs> forty five Iron Man <laughs> save him.
0: Woo! Um, <laughs> I thought um, out of the Thors, the uh, the first one was good, but I feel it was like kind of low budget, mm. and like, but I think like the second one was. Mm, Better than Iron Man, th- like the third Iron Man. I thought, oh, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, well, maybe not as good as the third Iron Man. I- I'm gonna recant that statement, uh, maybe a little bit below that one. Um, and then I thought the third Thor was fucking awesome, yeah, yes, it's a good Fucking one. awesome. Um, okay, so then. So I have Thor three, and then Iron Man one. Uh, ev- or out of the Avengers. Okay, uh, the first Avengers was pretty fucking awesome. I love just because you saw got to see all your heroes just come together and just fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. Um. Then, uh, Avengers two, Avengers okay, two. Age of Ultron. Uh, yeah. it was it was good and then you could tell there was was like 45 minutes
3: that it got cut from the movie yeah i think it's where they
1: first lean on choppy yeah yes choppy they leaned on the visual crutch too much in that movie because visually it's a very impressive movie like when the fucking like earth goes up into the sky and they're like we've got to get these people off this rock which is like whatever but visually that's impressive
3: they just didn't have enough time. Like, he tried to cram too many things in there. Why did we go to Hawkeye's Ranch at
0: all? <laughs> yeah, Why? <what> hey, <laughs> guys, what are we doing here? We just released <laughs> the most
3: powerful villain ever. He also is the internet. Where like should s- we go? <laughs> ranch party. You like some
0: frog on a stick. I got it from the bayou. Yeah. And, you know, like, get the fuck out of here. We're off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though this is like the most, like, this is like the most uh, sophisticated, you know. Or, like, nicest, like, country home in the out in the woods. Uh, okay, so... Avengers Infinity War? Fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, really awesome. It didn't follow the, the, the comics too much, but you know what? It's got to be its own thing. You know? Um, really liked it. I thought they did... The Russo Brothers Sloan did a really good job.
2: Captain One.
0: So, I'm going to say... Out of, out of... So, we have... I'm going to say... I'm Avengers 3, uh, Avengers 3 is Infinity War, and then, what is it, it number one, is, 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 well, no, huh, and then, uh, I'm, I'm going through oh, okay. them, and then, I'm gonna, um, so we have Iron Man 1, we have Thor 3, we have Avengers 3, and, and I'm going to choose out of those, like, genres, like, the best out of each trilogy, Doctor Strange is sick, too, that's probably my, that's my favorite, <clears throat> I'm, I'm honestly I'm choked up <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly really on, on par with that yeah uh, that was a great great movie Dr. Strange
2: I'm a Dr. Strange shooter man I thought that, that movie was really cool but
0: I thought I don't it was, think it takes the number one for nah. me though uh, then there's Captain America there's Civil War and then there was um, what was the second one or is there Winter only Soldier, two? Winter Soldier. Hot garbage. Winter Soldier, which hot is the hot correct answer to what the best yeah, <laughs> Marvel movie is. Like Winter oh. Soldier is the best Marvel
3: movie. Absolutely no question. <laughs> Get out of here with that. <laughs> like yeah. or, I don't believe uh, chakras uh, and taking the time to develop a good American accent. But <laughs> <laughs> Nick Fury in that bulletproof gar just taking down agents and then getting blown up by the Winter Soldier. Dopest scene in any Marvel movie. No.
1: I just fucking hate Captain America, man.
0: I I just I'm not a fan.
1: <laughs> he's so bland. When they're like doing the whole treaties thing in Age of Ultron, he's like, "We was oh, that in Winter Soldier? Is that in the movie Winter Soldier?" No, the best but he's, also, movie? he's also just bland all throughout the whole thing. He's like, "Here I am with my shield, Captain America." I kind
0: of want to think like, um, I think the first Guardians of the Galaxy is the best mm. Marvel movie. Yeah,
1: it's a solid contender for sure.
0: And then I think close my 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 runner-up would be the third Thor yeah because I love that 80s retro thing that they had going on those are both good too because they came out of nowhere yeah like like we
3: didn't expect Guardians to be incredible and then all of a sudden this movie that didn't even take place on earth was the coolest Marvel movie like
0: right it kind of showed
3: us what the universe could be the Mm -hmm. characters
0: were so original yeah like Chris Pratt's humor just really made made it and um but yeah, and then I think Doctor Strange would be my first, so I think I think those three in that order.
1: Hell yes. That's my top three as well. Curveball,
2: Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. <laughs> <laughs> started it all, Started this whole arc. Actually Such a
0: good movie. He did Ed, Ed, Ed Norton did such a good movie and the director fucked it.
3: When's the last time I, you watched that
0: movie, Joey? And that's why he didn't return.
2: Uh one hour from now. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. Talk to
3: me in three hours then. (laughs) What did you guys think about the
0: newer Ant-Man?
3: Bad Ant-Man? I didn't think... Bad. It's the most nonsensical science bullshit I've ever heard in my entire life. It, like, was staggeringly nonsensical in its science. I
0: thought the first one was pretty funny, but... The first one wasn't...
3: I haven't seen number two. Dude, it's so insane. Not worth it. It's it's good. It's funny. Ant Man's good. Michael Pena is hilarious. The action's cool. Cool Ant Man stunts. Yeah, but the quantum realm stuff is so insane. Like it makes zero sense. No, it
0: it it actually makes a little bit. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like the tardigrades. They have tardigrades and like.
3: Yeah, because of course
0: they have tardigrades.
3: <laughs> anyway, you heard it here first, folks. Winter Soldier, best Marvel movie. I think we settled it right now. <laughs> my, <laughs> name's <Andrew. laughs> my name's Andrew. A- my name's Andrew. My name's Andrew. This is, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's why this is such a good and lively debate because there are squares that like Iron Man, and there are free thinkers that like Doctor Strange. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Normamu, I've come to work on my American accent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I just think it was it was cool. It was psychedelic. It's It'll cool. I boundaries. like that
3: one. Benedict Cumberbatch is a little bit of a tryhard, but you know, sure, he's a good tryhard. He did yeah. a great job as Strange. Yeah, Duke I love to watch Cumberbatch. For real though, yeah, I I have been Andrew.
1: I've been Wallace. I've been Joey.
0: I've been Eric.
3: Thanks for being on the show, Eric.
2: It was our pleasure to serve you. Awesome. Privilege, man, privilege. I, mean, I
0: just want to switch it up.
2: It's a.